Hi, this is Ask Mom RN with your host, Tamara Walker. I'm a mom of two, a pediatric registered nurse, and your friend. I give practical advice to raise a healthier, safer, and happier family. When I was working as a nurse in pediatrics, one of the illnesses that we dreaded seeing every fall is an illness called RSV. RSV stands for respiratory syncytial virus. And very simply put, it is a respiratory illness that can look very much like the common cold in most people. And in fact, most people will have RSV by the time they're two years of age. And you may never know it. You may have just thought you had a cold or that your child had a cold. But for some people, it can be a very serious illness. For infants under the age of one and especially under the age of six months, or for anyone who has an a compromised immune system or a weakened immune system. And for older adults over the age of 65, RSV can turn into a much more serious illness than just your average cold. So today we're going to talk about RSV and what you need to know and how you can protect your child and your family and what you need to do if your child develops RSV. Now, like I said, when I was working in the hospital, we dreaded seeing RSV patients because even though we didn't get them a lot, it seemed to really pick up in the fall and the winter time. And it was heartbreaking to see these babies struggle to breathe. And to just be utterly miserable and their poor parents to feel helpless and worry about whether their child was going to be okay or not. Now, I can tell you, fortunately, very most of the time, these children do end up being fine. It just takes a little time to let the virus work its way out of their system and to treat their symptoms and to make them comfortable, and to help them breathe with breathing treatments. But it is scary for the parents who have to deal with their child being hospitalized. And having a child who's struggling to breathe, that's very frightening. So we would you know, really try to reassure the parents and help them to get through that experience. Now, most children who get RSV, like I said, they don't, they don't end up having to be hospitalized because fortunately for most, the symptoms just end up being like a cold. But we want to try to help children make sure that we don't, you know, that they don't get to the point where they have to be put in the hospital if we can prevent it. Let's talk a little bit about RSV today, what the symptoms are, what you need to look for, how it can be treated, and how we can try to prevent it. Because RSV is very easily spread, unfortunately, just like the cold, common cold. It's a virus, 
and it spreads very easily. So we're going to talk about what we need to do in order to try to keep everybody as healthy as possible this fall. And October is RSV Awareness Month. So I wanted to share this information with you and also make you aware of a um, prophylactic treatment that's available for children who are at very high risk of having severe complications from RSV that you may want to talk with your doctor about. So we will talk about that a little bit later in the show. But first, let's talk about the symptoms of RSV and what we need to look for. Very simply put, you get cold symptoms like a runny nose, a decrease in appetite, coughing, sneezing, may have a little bit of a fever, and possibly some wheezing. Now, these symptoms usually appear in stages and not all at once. They can come on gradually. And in very young infants who have RSV, they may just be irritable and a little bit lethargic or just showing a decrease in their activity. They're not as active as they usually are. And then they may show some breathing difficulties. Now, if you start seeing wheezing and your your child's struggling to breathe, if it looks like they're having trouble getting air in or getting air out, it's time to get them immediate medical care because that can be very, very serious. That is a medical emergency. Anyone who is having trouble breathing needs to be evaluated and treated. If RSV just stays with the mild cold symptoms, then usually there's not a big problem and you just have to let it run its course. But unfortunately, it can develop into more significant of an illness. So we need to be aware of that and watch for that. RSV can turn into a severe infection such as bronchiolitis, which is an inflammation of the small airways in the lung. They become irritated and inflamed. Or it can develop into pneumonia, which is where you get fluid in the lungs, and that is an infection of the lungs, can make it difficult to breathe. So we need to be aware that this can turn into something serious. And we need to be on the lookout for those symptoms. As I said, almost all children get RSV before they're even age two. But for most, it just looks like cold symptoms. And usually people with RSV show symptoms within four to six days after they've been infected. And the infection usually goes away in about a week or two. And you can manage the fever or pain, discomfort, with over-the-counter fever reducers and pain relievers, such as acetaminophen or ibuprofen. But you want to check with a healthcare provider first and make sure um, what they recommend for your child. And you want to make sure that if your child has RSV, that they're drinking plenty of fluids. You don't want them to become dehydrated. Especially if they have a decrease in appetite, they may not be um, taking in as much as they normally do. 
And if you have a breastfed baby or a bottle fed baby and they're not feeding as often or taking as much as they normally do, you want to be sure that you're checking for signs of dehydration. Now, if you feel like your child needs to be evaluated, take them into the doctor and have them checked out. It's better to find out that, oh, they just have mild symptoms, they're going to be fine, than to wait until they're in serious trouble with their breathing or having significant signs and symptoms of a serious illness. So fortunately, like I said with RSV, most kids end up being just fine. But if you have a child who is at high risk, you need to beware of the possibility of them having severe complications if they get RSV. So the way RSV is transmitted is it's spread just like a cold. When someone coughs or they sneeze, you can get infected if you come in contact with those droplets. Or if a person with RSV touches a surface and maybe they've you know, been wiping their nose or they've coughed or they've sneezed into their hand and then they've touched a doorknob or a counter, if you touch those surfaces, you can get RSV from that. Or if you've been in direct contact with someone who is sick. And people with RSV are usually contagious for about three to eight days. However, some people, such as infants and people with weakened immune systems, can actually continue to spread the virus for as long as four weeks, even after they have stopped showing symptoms themselves and they seem to be fine they may be spreading that virus to other people. And children are often exposed to RSV in school or in child care centers or anywhere where they're in a lot of contact with other people. RSV can survive for many hours on hard surfaces, such as doorknobs, tables, crib rails, and the like. And it can live on soft surfaces, such as facial tissues and on the hands, for shorter periods of time. So we need to make sure that we are trying to prevent the spread of RSV. And in the United States and other areas with a similar climate as the United States, we typically see RSV infections in the fall and the winter and the spring. And here in Oklahoma, we would see an increase in our RSV admissions to the pediatric floor in the fall and winter time, especially around the time that the weather is getting colder, people are indoors more, they're, you know, kids are in school again, they're in daycare And it's spreading rampantly just like the common cold. So how can we prevent our children from being exposed to RSV? Well, unfortunately, there's no 100% guaranteed way to prevent the spread. Unless you're going to put your child in a bubble and keep them home all the time. Unfortunately, when we go out in public, we're always at risk of getting exposed to some kind of illness. But, of course, there are some things that we can do to try to help 
keep from getting sick. Wash your hands often with soap and water for 20 seconds. And you want to teach your children to do the same as soon as they're old enough to do that. I can't tell you how many kids I have dealt with over the years in my um, daycare or through working at the hospital and, um, you know, friends, children that don't wash their hands on a regular basis. And it's so important that we teach our kids to wash their hands. We want to use that first line of defense, which is our skin. We want to keep it healthy and keep it from spreading illnesses to other people and from picking up illnesses and spreading it to ourselves. If you touch a surface that's infected and then you touch your face, you are really increasing your chances of getting an illness if that surface has been exposed to germ and infection. So wash your hands often. Teach your children to wash their hands often. Avoid close contact such as kissing, shaking hands, sharing cups, and eating utensils with other people, especially during the fall and winter months when colds are being spread like crazy. And if you do need to cough or sneeze, use a tissue or do it into the crook of your elbow instead of your hand. And if you use a tissue after you throw that away, wash your hands. And teach your children to cough or sneeze into the crook of their elbow if they can. If they have to use their hand or if they use a tissue, again, teach them proper hand washing. You want to try to keep children who are at high risk of developing RSV disease or complications from RSV away from anyone who's sick. And you want to avoid touching their face with unwashed hands. And you want to try, if at all possible, to limit the time that they spend in child care centers or in other potentially contagious settings. Now, again, we can't put our kids in a bubble and keep them home 24-7 to protect them from illness. Every time we go out in public, we are at risk of possibly getting exposed to something. But most people are going to do just fine with RSV and not have it problem. But we do need to be aware that younger children, especially babies under the age of one, or any child who has a weakened immune system, can be at more risk for having complications from RSV. If your child is at high risk, I would encourage you to talk with your child's health care provider because there is a series of shots that can be used as a um, kind of a immunoprophylaxis. It's not a vaccine. There is not a vaccine yet for RSV, although they are working on that. But this is a series of shots that is a way of trying to help RSV from turning into something more severe. And it's giving, given in monthly intramuscular injections during the RSV season, which is typically, like I said, in the fall, in the winter, in the spring. So if you think that your child might need this, if they are at high risk, 
because they have a weakened immune system or if they're under the age of a year old, then talk with your healthcare provider and see if they recommend this for your child. It's not for every child. Um, it's not necessary that your healthcare provider can help you to determine whether it's right for your child. If your child starts developing severe symptoms, if they are wheezing, if they are showing obvious signs of struggling to breathe, or if they are lethargic, meaning they are just hardly doing anything at all or not very responsive, not very active, especially an infant, you need to be concerned and you need to get them evaluated. If you think that your child may be getting dehydrated because they've had a decrease in their appetite and they're not taking in um, not only food but not enough fluids, if you think they could be getting dehydrated, you need to get them evaluated. These are some of the dangers that can come with RSV. So talk with your child's health care provider if you feel like you need to check and see whether your child should have the series of shots. And that is called, it's a, a hard name to pronounce, it's uh, palivizumab. Palivizumab. But if you can't remember that name, just simply talk with your healthcare provider about what you can do to help your child um, if they should, you know, if they need to be uh, monitored for high risk for RSV complications. So, again, hopefully, if your child develops RSV, and almost everybody does by the time they're age two, hopefully, it will be a mild cold-like illness that won't be a big deal for them. But this is RSV Awareness Month in October, and so I did want to make you aware that this is a possibility. Some children do have problems. Fortunately, every child that I saw while I was working in pediatrics and we had admitted for RSV ended up being just fine afterwards. But just in case, we want you to know the signs and symptoms and how to treat and prevent it. This is Tamara Walker. You've been listening to the Ask Mama In Show, where we share practical advice for raising healthier, safer, and happier kids. And I thank you for tuning in today. I would encourage you to check out momrn.com for more episodes and more information on keeping your kids healthy and happy, and I would encourage you to connect with us on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Show. I would love to communicate with you there, connect with you there. You can sign up for our newsletter at momrn.com, and I look forward to being back with you again next week to share more information to help you keep your kids healthier, safer, and happier. Have a fabulous week, everyone.